You're listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. Thank you for your time. Another week, another show with the famous, by now famous, Rachel Bennett of Coldwell Banker. She is a licensed broker, a wonderful licensed broker here on Whidbey Island. A shout out for her. For those of you thinking of moving to or from beautiful Whidbey Island, Washington, Rachel Bennett is a fantastic broker who just does so great. And she's a wonderful (laughs) mom of how many? Four. Four children. And how many other uh, furry children? Well, I've got one bunny. I've got, I mean, if you count my chickens, I've got five chickens. They're not furry, but they're feathery. Then I have, and they're not really pets. They do lay eggs. They hold their keep. They're, you know, they're my future college education for our kids right now. Well, with the egg prices, for sure. (laughs) I know. And then um, we also have a kitten. Oh, yeah. And did I say my dog yet? No. Did I say my golden doodle? Okay. Piper. Yep. So... And a wonderful wife to an amazing man <laughs> who may not want to be talked about on the air, so I won't, but he's pretty awesome. He is awesome. And, um, what hi, else honey. Can... <laughs> hi, <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have to preface this episode uh, with the disclosure that um, I have written in the other episodes that one, we're not lawyers, we're not acting as real estate uh, brokers right now in a fidu- fiduciary capacity for our listeners. And this is not a professionally recorded podcast, so you may hear my own uh, children or furry children uh, or wife running up and down the halls as they tend to do. So we are doing an episode today, this week, on buyers. If you are a buyer, what to do and how that works nationally. If you have not listened to our previous couple of episodes, we did one on um if you're interested in real estate, how to how to become a real estate broker. We did one on uh, how to find a real estate broker. If you've not listened to that one yet, listen to that one before you listen to this buyer one or the seller one because uh, the seller-specific and buyer-specific episodes uh, build on how to find a real estate broker. So we're not going to go back and repeat all of that. It also includes uh, for sale by owners uh, as, a, as a seller or a buyer. So we're not going to be talking about that either in this episode. Uh, so what we are jumping into today with my wonderful co-host, and I should I should also introduce myself, which I forget to do a lot. My name is Tim. I am a licensed broker with Compass Real Estate and a, a national advisor for real estate matchmaking at anavivo.com and can help find you a real estate broker if you don't already have one. So more on that, uh, we are talking about buyers. So, Rachel, you are an amazing broker. You, Of course, you do a great job listing properties and representing sellers, but you also do a great job representing buyers. And so what is something that is very uh, – What if I – okay, I'm a buyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I guess I should start the conversation off by saying, let's say I've already decided to work with you. I'm already committed to you. I yep. I used. You feel safe going into vacant houses with me sometimes <laughs> after dark. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of the things that comes come along um, having you represent me as a buyer, whatever it is, I've determined that you are the real estate agent for me. Okay, but have we signed 
paperwork or is sometimes okay there are certain situations and there is a buyer's agency agreement that is currently optional in washington state though there is talk and speculation that at some point in time it is going to be required just like with listing agreements at some point it will most likely be required to have a buyer's agency agreement right which is me going over with you my contractual duties when i represent you and expectations and expectations and let's say you did want to buy a fisbo that didn't offer compensation what would you offer to pay me in that process or what will you allow me to negotiate in our transaction process mm. for the seller to pay me right now i'm biased i i have worked almost exclusively with buyers because it's just a different model and and a joy for me and i use these i i highly value buyers agency agreements because they set expectations for both parties and dun 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 they self vet both agent and client they do from not performing and what i mean by that is there are a lot of especially in this day and age with the uh, invention of technology and and things like zillow that i will call out uh, on the air um is a good thing it's a it's a wonderful program and a great app that is free for the client which means you're the product and um and, and all of your data and that's okay and it and it does a great job of helping people in the transparency of the real estate market however it has the negative side effect of bringing in leads that are not clients that think they're clients and think they're ready to buy or that want you to drop everything you're doing as a professional and run around to show them 60 different homes and do it yesterday. And so the beauty of an agency agreement is that it self-vets those kinds of leads. Yes. And it it requires that the person signing, you listener, the client, are signing an agreement with Rachel uh, and and saying, yes, I, I actually am in the market to buy. I actually am a real person. I'm a real which you, you laugh on air maybe, but <laughs> we, oh, have, no, I get it. we have people that aren't real people that are calling in from overseas or yes. calling in on uh, looky lose of a neighbor's property or whatever. So this this agreement, or somebody just, doesn't want to bother their agent on the weekend, so they're going to bother you, a stranger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they already have an agent, and um, and instead of wanting to bother their agent, they call another agent on the weekends or the evenings. Uh, and so whatever the case is, these agreements, uh, these contracts help set a level playing field for both parties and keeping it uh, just in an in integrity and ethical process. So. So I have, but, uh, so back to the question though, I'm a client of yours, Rachel, yeah. or, or I'm a, um, I guess I'm a lead. I, I want to use you. I haven't signed one of these yet. And, and I'm not required to, as you mentioned in Washington state. No. And so we may, I might not require it of you. I might. Right. Depends on, Can I you still know. call you even if I haven't signed things? Yes. Can I still ask you these questions or am of I going to be charged? There's no services? charge. There's no charge for this service at this time. Any compensation I ever receive from you is going to be at closing out of the sale proceeds of the home. Most likely. Most likely. Yes. I mean, I guess if you're a cash buyer and you wanted to pay me as part of our negotiation strategies. Right. But in most situations, yes. <laughs> compensation in here in Washington State, most situations, the compensation is currently paid out of the seller side of things at closing. Right, right. And, so. and to that end, that seller side net proceeds comes from the buyer, from your buyer, yes. you, the buyer, your lend lender giving the funds or your cash, which in effect makes you the one paying 
the commission, which is why this real estate uh, buyer's Purchase prices are set where they are because sellers are taking into consideration that compensation and, yeah, and why and the buyer's agency agreements came about and, you know, all of these different things. And there may be a day where sellers don't offer buyer uh, representation commission, in which case the buyer may then be paying you directly. They may be. As opposed to yeah. the circuitous route of paying the seller then back to paying the agent. Exactly. So anyway, the point being, I can call you. I've yes. I've decided you're my agent. I want to work with you. I can call or text you within your set, healthy, balanced lifestyle hours. And you may still answer me in the evenings or weekends, depending on how you run your business, which is yep. fine. Every Some people are night owls and some people are great with texting late at night. Yeah. Kind of depends on the day of the week for me. But, you know, if I'm if I'm at the point of turning my phone off, I'll get back to you the next day. Right. So as a buyer, now, what are some things I should do before I really start looking at actually the properties? Well, because I, I, I'm used yeah. to laying in bed and just scrolling through Zillow. So should I not be doing that? <laughs> what should I be doing first well, in first, preparation of getting ready for this purchase? First, I would recommend that we get you paired up with a local lender. I mean, some of the non-local lenders if are also phenomenal. Cash buyer. If you're a non-cash buyer, um, if you're a cash buyer, just have your proof of funds ready to go, and we can go start looking at houses tomorrow. But if you are financing this home, then it would be a very great idea to sit down with somebody who is knowledgeable on the lending process, mm. who can look at your mm-hmm. debt-to-income ratios, who can look at your just your income, who can look at your credit score and approve you for a purchase price so then and then what will that payment look like under that purchase price right because you might be looking at a home and you fall absolutely in love with it but maybe four thousand dollars a month is just too high of a mortgage payment for you yeah and you want to have something more like the two thousand dollar a month you need to know with current interest rates where they are and current just closing costs everything that you're gonna be looking at all the fees everything you want to know what your monthly payment will be like in what price point before we start looking at homes outside your budget. Yeah, there's a lot of emotional snafu <laughs> that yes. happens when you're putting the cart before the horse and you're looking at these wonderful properties that you then fall in love with. Yes. Only to find out from your lender or your budget uh, that actually the monthly payments will be not, you can't you know get that house or... You might be able to, but not <clears throat> might not be comfortable. It's not going to be. It's not going to be wise. <laughs> there's so there's a lot to be said for starting the process the right way as a buyer. Yes, you can you can start looking for the agent or using our company to find you the agent, uh, using your previous agent to tell you you know recommend an agent to you. Definitely get in that process so you can meet and start vetting the local agent um, and and establishing the areas that you want to be looking in, but. Really, before all of that, you want to ask yourself the question, why are you buying? Question mark. Why are you buying? There's many, 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 many instances that it is better to rent or to short-term rental or to do any number of other things than buy. And so if you have an agent already telling you that you should be buying and not renting, and, and that's an exclusive statement, that's not just a unique statement to you, uh, you need to be cautious of that because oftentimes they may only in, be incentivized by closing a sale with you. So take into consideration the question, the honest question, why do you, why do you and your family, why do you and your partner, why do you and your company need to buy something? And if so, does it need to be here? Does it need to be there? Mm. Does it need to be that kind of property? Does it need to be this kind of property? 
identifying what those are first is a huge question and and process that gets very, very, very overlooked uh, in, in an environment today where people are watching HGTV or um, uh, looking on Zillow or other things that make it seem like it's a very straightforward, easy process when there's so much more involved into the why of you needing to be on this island or this place or this kind of home or will this work for you versus this one and so just having those open conversations with yourself or a, a real estate consultant you know doing those kinds of things and a lender and a lender yeah and then and then bringing after you decided this is why I want this then bringing in that lender or your accountant and saying can I afford this and a monthly capacity or an annual you know what will this look yeah. like is this a good time to invest in real estate? Right, right. And and being able to then set your cap. And so after you've done all of those things, then you talk to Rachel. Now, I need to caveat that by saying Rachel is a broker. She's partnered and her job, one of her primary duties, is as a relationship matchmaking builder between all of these different parties. So you don't need to have a lender already in mind. You no. can come to Rachel and say- I love it when I get to recommend a handful of my favorite lenders. Exactly. And these are lenders we use ourselves, right? Like yes. I use, Grace and I use our uh, lender that I then recommend out to my clients because she's wonderful and they're great. Yeah. And they do this, you know, they have these uh, uh, relationships that go beyond just the the financial capacity of it. And so definitely don't feel like you have to have all your ducks in a row before you talk to your agent but certainly before you start shopping you should have those in a taken care of which Rachel someone like Rachel will help you square yes. away so so now Rachel let's say I did that I got my pre-qualification letter I'm ready to go yes are we just going to look at a bunch of homes because that's what I see on TV is that we go around and we look at a bunch of homes. It depends. Are there a this. bunch of homes on the market that you want to see? Then yeah, we might have a tour day where I schedule out a nice long little caravan of our own where we <laughs> go and L- lunch included. It may be. It depends on how much you like me. Yeah. You know, do we want to eat in front of each other? <laughs> sometimes lunch is included. Sometimes it's an evening thing. Yeah. yeah. With shortages of inventory. We have not had as many. It's been a long time since I've had 10 houses to show somebody. Right. Typically, it's two or three houses yeah. at a time that you might be interested in. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Yeah. So it's, all right, let's get let's get kind of our game plan in place. How many homes are active on the market that you want to see? If something's already under contract you know, and you wanted to see it, I'd have to reach out to that agent and say, hey, I might have a possible backup buyer for you if the current one falls apart. Can we go see this home? Right. And, you know, maybe they'll give us the green light. Yes, go see it and put in a backup offer. Or maybe they'll say, no, right now we're too far in. We don't want anybody else walking through the home. Right. So it's, there's a lot of situations to where, you know, we just because it's on the market, technically still kind of on the market, we might not be able to see it. Yeah, also, very unique. If we're trying to see things like, hey, it's, it's a Friday morning. I have my afternoons free. Can we go look at homes today? Sometimes we might be able to get into all the homes you want to see that day, but sometimes there might be a tenant in a home where we need to schedule it out at least 24 hours to right. see it. So we might have to see some today and some tomorrow. And it's important to note also that your agent, Rachel in this case, in this example, is not sitting around in her home or her car or an office somewhere twiddling her thumbs just waiting for you to text her. No. I think there's a big miscommunication in what Zillow 
promotes, and I pick on Zillow a lot because they're <clears throat> a big industry that does promote this, and they have the little contact me button and all this cookies that are advertised to carry the same pain agent through all of your profiles online and make it look like, or even Redfin with their commercials, like the agent will just fly to the door and you just turn the key and all we are are door openers. But Rachel is a professional who has many, many, many clients that she's also doing her very best for multiple times throughout the day. And so, yes, there may be an afternoon, sure, where you are just happen to be free when they text yeah. you and say, yeah, actually, I can do this now. But more often than not, it's a scheduled thing. Yes. If you want to go see a home, it's not a find somebody. And, and, and oh, by the way, if you are calling a random agent that you've never talked to before on Zillow or another platform, A, that's a red flag for both parties. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and two, or B, <laughs> if that agent drops everything and says, oh, yeah, we can go do that right now. That should also be a red flag for you and that they're not in the best interest of helping you find a particular home. They're helping you find that particular home yeah. and that commission. And so they, if, if, they ha yeah, if you if haven't done, established any relationship yet, yeah. your dollar signs to that person until totally you build that relationship. And, and that may be okay. Like you as a client may be, you may have already, you're that kind of person. You've already done all your homework. You know exactly which home you want. You've done, yeah. gotten your pre-approval. All you literally need is for someone to write it up for you. And so you don't care who it is. By all means, call me or Rachel <laughs> or Rachel. <laughs> or, or yes, um, by all means, call the, call the person on Zillow. But, but know that if that is not the unique case for you and you actually want someone to do some legwork for you, don't just call somebody you don't know and don't expect them to drop everything for you because they have four, five, six, 12 other clients that they're also doing this for that same day or multiple times throughout the week that they've set appointments to see those homes. And so you need to schedule it just like you would schedule yes. any other professional appointment. That's so. a very good point because I'm not always available on a Friday afternoon or Thursday afternoon short notice. So thank <clears throat> you for reminding me that I'm sometimes busy. Well, you're a valuable person, <laughs> thank Rachel, you. and you bring a lot to the table. So, and, and, and it's a professional industry. And if we continue to promote the idea online that all you all we do is open doors that devalues that's actually the, the smallest part of the buying <laughs> a home experience is the finding <clears throat> and looking at homes so to that end i would say one of the vetting processes i do is i have my clients go drive if if this is a local transaction i have them go drive the properties that they're interested in first and i have to say that because and I've many of you listening to this have heard me say this before, but the the photographers are the real heroes of our industry. They really are. <laughs> they they make homes look so good. And I remember selling our home. Uh, Grace and I we saw our pictures after we were done. We're like, oh, I would buy that house. Whose house is this? I felt like, that when I sold my last house too. <laughs> is this my house? What happened? I'm like, like man, <clears throat> you can't see any of the. Any of the things that are wrong with it, and so <laughs> also all the toys got put in the storage unit. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? All the, it got cleaned up. <laughs> Best day looking, you know, it's like like dating again. Like you put on all the makeup, everything looks good that first time. So, yep. uh, <laughs> so, right. so they're, they're the real heroes of our industry. And so oftentimes we will go to a showing and we won't even get out of the car. And we'll say, oh, man, you know what? Those pictures made it look really good. But or they look did what's not happening. show the neighborhood. Exactly. Look what's happening across the street. Look what's happening next door. Yep. Let's, Tim... Let's just keep driving. Let's go see the next one. Not going to buy and this so, house, no matter what it looks like on the inside. <laughs> to save the client's pain and to save yourself pain, if you're an agent listening, 
having them drive by these three or four properties that you're going yeah. to go show them first gives everybody a chance to do it in a in a non-committed way. And then they can really narrow down the list. And and yeah, to that end, I've had clients say, oh, wow, we were going to go see five, but now we're only interested in these two because I can't walk this one because there's no sidewalks mm-hmm. or this is a neighborhood that I wouldn't choose to live in or wow, I didn't realize on the map, it looks like the drive is here, but wow, that took me 15 extra minutes or mm-hmm. 20 extra minutes, which is a you know 40 minute round trip that I didn't factor, whatever the case is. And so yes. we're able to narrow it down, saving everybody time in this case. And for my buyers who aren't super local, let's say they maybe live a few hours away and want to make a day trip over here to spend the whole day looking at homes. Yeah. One thing I recommend to those buyers is let me do a virtual walkthrough with you first. Mm, It's a good idea. Let's do a virtual tour before you drive a few hours here. Yeah. And look at these homes. Sometimes it's one by one. Sometimes it's two or three at a time. Right. And or or more than that. I love doing virtual shows. And this is one of the. One of the good things that came out of 2020 was we got more comfortable with virtual. Yeah. Buyers got more comfortable seeing things virtually. Listing agents and buyers agents got more comfortable doing virtual stuff. Right. So I love doing virtual showings first with a client Yeah. so that they can see how the neighborhood looks. You know, I do a really good in-depth, like, here's the street view. Here's here's. Right. Here's the and you can do that side of the homes either and... via a real live FaceTiming yeah. uh, or or Zooming call where they yep. can direct you and say, yeah, can you look left? Can you look exactly. right? Ooh, can you zoom in on that? You can also do it via just a recording walkthrough and yes, cover videos. the street and video and yep. then upload it to YouTube or something and send them the link privately later. Oh, around. yeah. But there's so many, so options, many options for virtual. Yeah. You know, like there's Google Duo that helps a lot. And that's a good point for your and... out-of-state yeah. clients even. You know, you've yes. got a lot of military clients that come here. PCSing, you know, they don't yep. even know how to spell the island here, let alone <laughs> what n- neighborhoods to look at. And to the to the transit end, it looks like when you map it out, oh, the base isn't that far. We could probably live in Mount Vernon. And then you have them look at it on a, the actual time when they're coming into the back gate, um, you know, 0730 and 1630 when they're leaving. And, and they're like, oh, wow, that time doubled. And so doing that virtual yes. with them from Pensacola or Corpus Christi or whatever ahead of time is can be valuable it really helps yes it makes all the difference so i love virtual showings for clients too and we can really get pretty in-depth in what we look at right down to the details so i'm your client now i've um decided i want to work with you i have uh, maybe signed a buyer's agency agreement depending on the situation with you and I've sent you, and I've talked to you about my uh, finance situation. And if I'm a cash buyer, I've provided you proof of funds, which are going to be required for the offer anyway. And and or if I'm a, a borrower, I've gotten approval. Uh, are there any recommendations on the lending side that you would give me one or the other versus using a bank or credit union versus a mortgage broker and what the differences are in that? Different lenders and mortgage brokers are and banks will have different programs for you. So a lot of it's going to depend on what type of property you want to buy. Yes, or a land loan or or, USDA loan or FHA or, okay, conventional. There are wonderful lenders at local credit unions here that are attached to a, a bank that does all over lending and all banking needs. There are also, um, local mortgage brokers that all they do is, home loans. Yeah. I personally tend 
to lean more towards the mortgage brokers who that is their full-time gig. This is what they do. This is, they are doing this all day long and nothing else. They, uh, you know, a lot of the time they're more available on weekends. They don't always, they have, their office might keep banking hours, but a lot of time those individuals don't keep banking hours. Right. You know, it's, there are some absolutely wonderful local um, lenders through some of our local credit unions though that do stand out in the industry. Yeah. However, they're, they are few. That's more the <laughs> exception than the rule. They are the exception, yeah. not the rule. So the so rule, though. So if a though, client comes to you with a Navy federal pre-approval or a or pre-qualification letter or a USA a pre-qualification letter or a U.S. Bank pre-qualification letter, why or how is that different than coming from a local mortgage broker who will give you a pre-approval? Well, one, this person who I may or may not have ever heard of before. The, cli- the client? The, not the, the client, the lender. Oh, the lender, yeah. Um, because they're in such a large affiliation. Right. They might not be in our time zone. If they're on the East Coast, yeah. we might be needing to talk to them at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they've already left for the day. Right. They're not textable. Unless you have already established a personal relationship with them where you have their cell phone number and you can text them on a Saturday and they're going to respond. Right. If they will do that for you, great. You know, let's give this a shot. Yeah. But if they won't do that, if they're going to keep strict to their East Coast hours and we are not on East Coast time, <laughs> then that's going to be very difficult, especially when it comes down to closing day and their wire transfer maybe has an issue, but they're mm. about to leave for the day. Right. And our escrow gals are like, hold up. We need your funds still. You typed in a number wrong. It's happened. Yes. And we need you to rewire and redo your wire, and they're about to leave. Sometimes that delays closing, which... Yeah. Which delays the movers which or the delays cleaners the movers. coming in or like whatever, all sorts of things. A yeah. last-minute hiccup on closing day with an out-of-even-anywhere-close-to-us area lender can lead to a catastrophic chain of events. (laughs) However, we can handle it and we can get you through it. But just know ahead of time, let's be very flexible and have all parties be ready for some last minute changes if it needed to happen. Right. Make sure your movers, sellers are scheduled a few days early so you have a good buffer of, hey, if we don't close today, tomorrow's fine. You have to have a lot more flexibility when a seller is accepting your offer with an out-of-area lender they're accepting that they might not close on time or they might have some hiccups. However, when I bring a local person, no matter what bank they're working with, if that human lives here in this area, (laughs) not necessarily in Oak Harbor, but in our time zone and is reachable, they know that, okay, if there's any issue at any point in time, we can text them. They're a human. Yeah. We can reach out to them. I know what aisle they shop at at Safeway. Exactly. I'm going to go get them. We chatted at the barbecue <laughs> last month. You know, they had their client appreciation parties and I got invited to it, you know? Right. like So there's so much to be said for working in someone in your local geographical area mm-hmm. as a lender. Yeah. Those are all good points. And, and uh, one of the things you touched on was the ability to be reachable and also for this closing aspect. Again, our role is managing all these different relationships and and advising and counseling and consulting on all of this and then acting in a fiduciary capacity for you, the listener, the client. And so if, if they're out of state or out of region, that makes it difficult. But also if it's a pre-qualification letter versus yes. a pre-approval, you're not fully underwritten. And so one of the things you mentioned – 
Rachel was to the seller, if the seller has three offers in front of her and she's and she's got one, two from a local lender here and one from an out-of-state lender and all other things are are equal, they're not we're not advising them to select your offer, the the out-of-state one. And she and and she is the seller will probably not want to either because of these potential issues and the pre-qualification options involved there. So if you're pre-approved, if you go on to Navy Federal, uh, and, and I'm just using them as an example, they're a phenomenal institution. I bank with them as well. But a lot of the banks or credit unions throw on mortgages to be sort of an a la carte, we we do it all kind of service and bundle it all together. They don't specialize in mortgages, unlike a mortgage broker. And so they will do a really convenient online program for you. It's a soft credit check, and it's a great way for you as a buyer to do an initial, what am I approved for? Exactly. It's free. All of these are free. They're great for you to shop around and say, what do you charge? What am I approved for? What will my rates generally look like? But when you're ready to actually commit and and start shopping for a property, if you're in the lending uh, question, not a cash buyer, then you'll want to traditionally, unless this other bank or credit union is just offering some sort of crazy phenomenal deal that is somehow meeting or beating, the whole point of the mortgage broker is that they have the option to shop around to different uh, funding institutions and and um, and and meet or beat prices from local banks or, or national banks and uh, and credit unions, and so using them not only is a better financial option typically the mortgage broker, but it's also a better relational option because it's going to make your offer stronger and stand out to the seller. And let's talk about appraisals because that's next. So now yes. as a client, I've used you. I've shopped for a home. We put in an offer. I got uh, I got. Uh, pre-approved by a local mortgage broker and uh, we went shopping for homes and you showed me a couple different properties. I bought one uh, or put an offer on one and we're under contract. Uh, Now there's an appraisal process that happens. The local mortgage brokers know the appraisers and Mm -hmm. they know what time they're on. Yes. I've had and you've had so many out-of-state lenders (laughs) that have said, oh, yeah, we'll get to that appraisal, no problem. And three weeks go by, four weeks go by, five weeks go by, which in our market is very long for appraisers. And um, and then, yeah, it's running right up to closing, and now everything is on fire. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, it, it does happen. So that's where if I'm represented by a buyer who's using an out-of-area lender, I'm going to be a pain in that person's butt because yeah. I'm going to make sure yeah. they are ordering the appraisal. I'm going to... Pretty much, they're going to have to prove to me that they know what they're doing because I'm going to kind of assume they don't until they show me they're competent. Right, as it should be. Now, if my buyer has said, oh, I've worked this person on all of my home transactions, they're phenomenal, I'm going to go into it with a little bit more confidence. Sure. But I'm still going to check in a lot more like, hey, have you ordered the appraisal? You're not from this area. Do you know who the appraisers are to contact? Have you done that? Are they ready to do this? If you're VA, have you put it up in the portal? Like, you know. Have you done your job? Yeah. It's pretty much what I'm going to be asking the lenders. And now if the appraisal has call-outs. So the appraisal process happens to protect the lender, not yes. you, the buyer, contrary to popular belief. The appraiser, you're paying for it, but it works for the lender <laughs> to assure that the lender is lending on something that is 
you know, beneficial and not at risk for the lender. So the, the appraiser may have call outs. They may go to the property and say, oh, there's chipped paint on the home uh, or this deck has uh, needs to be replaced or the roof is missing pieces or whatever needs to be replaced. Lender, I would advise that you don't lend on this property until these conditions are met. And so then the these call outs will need to be addressed. And sometimes this goes back to the mortgage broker versus a mortgage uh, lender at a bank or institution, the banks and and credit unions have a lot more strict policies on what they are authorized, what amount of risk they're authorized exactly. to take. And so they are not as flexible uh, versus mortgage brokers. I've had mortgage brokers say, hey, I know there were these call outs, but as long as you can reduce the price or get a, a written estimate by a contractor that they'll be able to come in and fix this item, at some point, we know there's delays in the contractors or whatever. Like, you, you know, as long as you get a written estimate we, and we include this in the transaction, our underwriters will approve it. Man, that is fantastic for all parties. The buyer is getting covered, the lender is getting covered, the seller is getting covered, and we're still closing on time. Versus a bank that says, oh, sorry, we just can't do that. Or we need them fixed and we need proof of that. At the same time, I've had mortgage brokers, their underwriters still say, you know what, we do actually need proof. This is too large of an issue. But guess what? And I don't know if you've had this, Rachel, but I've had lenders come out in person I have. to take pictures of the work yes. afterwards and and upload that to the to their portal for the appraiser. And and it wasn't something that the buyer had to do or the seller had to do. The lender came out because they're local. Or I local had a lender come out, and do that. come out and look at a call out that an appraiser had made because they did not think it was a legitimate call out. And oh. they disagreed with the appraiser. Wow. And they wanted to be able to prove to their underwriters we should approve this loan despite the condition of this appraisal. Wow. This is where having a local lender is great because yeah. if they're willing to go put their muck boots on and go out into the farm and, you know, that this person's trying to buy yeah. and look at the old <laughs> barn and be like, this shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Because right. there's times when things shouldn't it be an should issue. It should not be an issue. Exactly. Yeah. So all advanced. So again, unless unless you, the client, have just some phenomenal deal going on with a bank or a credit union um, that... That just cannot be beat for whatever reason. It's 99% advisable to use a local lender, a mortgage broker, who will be able to handle all of those things for you and still meet or beat all of the pricing and things. So there's times when it's just, you know, this is the biggest investment of your life up to this point, most likely. Yeah. There are times when it's worth it to spend an extra few thousand dollars of closing costs to have the full scale service. Right. That local experts can provide to you. Right, exactly. So so we made it through the appraisal process now. We're getting ready to close on the buyer's side. Uh, of course, you're handling all that for me because you're an awesome broker. And uh, then we close and I get the keys or I get the lock to the gate on the land <laughs> or yes. uh, the deed for the, um, for the strip mall of commercial property or whatever, and I've interviewed the tenants in that case for leases, whatever the scenario. We're at the finish line. We're at the finish line. We're closing. It's all said and done, which is exciting. My lender has paid the funds or my uh, I've paid with cash, and um, it's all done. Are we Are we done? Can I call you Oh, I want you to call me for problems if I find out I get in the home and there's, oh, my gosh, this was overlooked. Or Well, one of the things to limit that likelihood of happening, Tim, is I do final walkthroughs with all my buyers, mm. where a few days prior to closing, we walk through 
yeah. and make sure everything is as it should be. Yeah. Like it was so an the inspection. So the seller didn't move out and gouge if, up the wall with their exactly. couch. Exactly. Or if they did do some damage, it is forgiven and yeah. move forward or there's some remediation before we close or money held back at the end of the sale like right. that i make sure that you're protected from that happening however at the final walkthrough everything's great heaters all work everything's wonderful we close we go in and we're even on when i give you your keys i like to walk through and make sure everything's good because right. if on closing day something isn't as it should be yeah. i want to be calling that listing agent and say hey this is wrong we need to put our heads together and come up with something right because it's happened we've had fences blow down in a windstorm on day of closing yeah. and you know we've had to just kind of be like all right here's a gift card to home depot yeah. but, you know right. sorry and so you know most of the time the buyers are stoked on that because they're like well i was gonna rebuild the fence anyways but you know? <laughs> so it's there are things that happen outside of everybody's control sure and so we, we want to limit the next day phone calls as much as possible but if you do call me the next day because let's say your hot water tank decided to go out the day after closing. I have all sorts of contractors and handyman who are going to be able to come in and help you get that taken care of. Cool. At and hopefully so can, very minimal cost. So I can, even though our agency relationship has technically ended, I can still call you or text you with questions or even... I'm uh, still your local expert. Yeah. I'm still the person with the contractors, the painters, the flooring guys, the plumbers, the electricians, the builders, the roofers. Yeah. Any, you know, if you want to hire somebody to come in and do all your exterior paint or scrape popcorn ceilings off your ceilings and, right. you know, or landscaping, you want somebody to come in and take down a tree. <laughs> I've got all of the people. I've got numerous people in all these areas of expertise that I can you recommend to you. You are a relationship manager, a broker. Yes. Yeah. I want you to call me instead of trying to find somebody yourself because I'm going to know who has the great reputations. I'm right. going to know who's going to actually show up and do the job. Right. And that, that kind of goes back to why you want to use, why you, the listener, wants to use a full-time service real estate agent, real estate broker anyway versus exactly. someone you just found online randomly because you've got the relationships. You you are the local guide. You've got the – not only not only do you have the actual information and, and, and the source and the knowledge, but you have the desire to do it and yes. the motivation to do it because you live here. You're – Kids are going to school here. You yeah. you want to be involved. You want to be. You're using all of these same people for your own property exactly. anyway, and you want to help out this person. And theoretically, I'm going to turn into a seller now in a couple of years or however Maybe. long down the road, and I want to be able to stay in touch with you so that I can watch my home equity grow, so that I can exactly. get advice on. When I'm doing a kitchen remodel, Rachel, uh, I'm about to do this big, huge, I don't know, $20,000 project. Where should I pour this money into that's going to get me the biggest gain? Yeah. Or should it, you even do this remodel? Or should I even do it? Is it is kitchen, are they even work, worth it now? And do I need to keep receipts for this kind of stuff to, to write off uh, or for um, to use for uh, comparative market analysis in the future yeah. when I buy uh, or sell? All of those things. So I can still do that. You're still yeah. my friend and agent. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think that kind of walks through the whole buyer process. Now, uh, again, it's going to be very individualized and tailorable to the specific buyer, mostly based off your why and based off your local region, which is why we advise you to find a broker you know, like, and trust in the local market you're looking for. And the best way to do that, as we mentioned in the, in the 
overview of finding a, a real estate agent is to use your previous real estate agent to do that. They get paid for it by re- referral. Rachel, if you're moving from Whidbey Island, Rachel will get a referral for finding you another agent wherever you're moving across the United States, which is awesome. Because unfortunately, I can't go with you and help you there. Yeah. <laughs> and she's putting her neck on the line and her reputation for it. Uh, and so it's that's the best way to do it is to use your previous agent to to find a, a, a broker local to you. If you don't have a previous agent that you know, like, or trust, give me a call or visit anavivo.com. But uh, after you found that, that person is going to tailor all of this stuff to you in your specific buyer needs. Uh, but I think the big takeaway here is it's okay to call and text that agent. Once you've established who that is, it's okay to do that thing, do those things and ask those questions. Yes. And you want to get ahead of the curve as opposed to just jumping right into looking. We want to hear from you. Yeah. That's the thing. We want, whether you're at the beginning of your journey or you thought your journey was over. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We want to be able to help and get ahead of issues and we that wanna, we know. Yeah. And we want to stay a part problems. of your life. Yeah. So, exactly. So, any other uh, buyer comments that you think would be pertinent or closing or tune in next time for whatever we're doing the next one? Tune in next time. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. And as my kids would say, Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and it saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always, to God be the glory.